Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Season 3, episode 36 of the Daily Intermission Podcast. My name is Greg. I'm in studio, and I'm fired up. It was a sad day for me yesterday, but we'll get into that in quarter one with the NFL, quarter two NBA, quarter three NHL, quarter four a little mis- miscellaneous, as you guys know. But continuing on in the pregame show of episode 36, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. These are the best tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 4.0, it's unbelievable. You know, it's great in the water. It's Nick proof. It's, it's an unbelievable product. So you can use the code TDI at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Like I said, you know, if you need a, a you know a razor, a, a grooming kit, it's such a great product. Uh, if you need to update yours, I mean, I hope you're not bicking anywhere around that, uh, you know, those uh, those vulnerable parts. So listen, manscaped.com, use the code TDI. It's an unbelievable product. Go check it out. So continuing on in the pregame show, I'm going to stay away from a story this, uh, this episode, um, but I am going to bring up uh, a couple of viral clips that have gone on in Canada. I'm not sure I know uh, some of the audience is American, so I'm not sure if you've seen these clips. Um, but uh, the first is there's a mall outside of Toronto and an individual smashed through the doors. It was like three in the morning with his car and was buzzing through the mall in his car. I can't even imagine what that would have felt like. Stopped at the jewelry store, robbed the jewelry store and drove out and they haven't found him yet. Obviously took the plates off and they would have the make and model of the car, but you could get rid of that. I mean, it's it's it was probably a stolen car, but he drove through a shopping mall. If you haven't seen this, check it out online. It just barges through like, you know, how malls have those like kind of like four or five wide doors, glass doors. He just smashes right through them and drives to the mall. Quite a viral clip. That has made its rounds uh, this week in Canada. And the second, so Canada last week released uh, kind of a health uh, report, health guidelines in regards to drinking alcohol. And um, the report said, you know, it's unhealthy if you consume more than two alcohol, but all alcoholic beverages per week. Obviously, this caused some uproar for the people who enjoy, um, you know, their wine and their beer and, you know, whatever liquor you like to dive into. Uh, it caused a little uproar. And there's a lot of char- characters in Canada and one being in Hamilton. So there was an individual at a liquor store in Hamilton. And cheers to the, the news individual who got this on camera. I'll, uh, I'll play the clip now. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them. Tall boys. Tall boys. Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Regular day, I don't know, maybe a couple of beers, depends. Weekends, maybe, you know, five beer. Okay. Two drinks a week. What do you think of that? Well, that's just not uh, feasible, not in this country. Well, come on, man, two drinks a week, what's that going to do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable amount, if you're, I mean, if you're at home, just be able to have, like, uh, four beer. That's just, uh, that ain't, that's just two more. I mean, I'll have six. 
but four is a fair number. But there shouldn't even be guidelines anyway. Why are you going to tell me how much I can drink at home? Well, I guess the idea is, would you be concerned that you're at a higher health risk if you're drinking too? No. That's the, the main point here is why are they telling me what I can drink at home? What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy, four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. So I'm guessing that this information about the new guidelines isn't going to change your it, life. It's heartbreaking and I can't even believe it. Rock and roll! <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You can't handle the two. Like, what a beauty. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, and I, I don't want to get this twisted. This doesn't represent the entirety of the population of Canada. But this guy, some of the lines in there are just are very quote worthy. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's not feasible. Not in this country. I mean, it's an unbelievable click clip. What a beauty. Um, but, uh, I mean, that's, uh, those are just a few clubs that are making their rounds in Canada and I'm sure you've seen them online, um, in, uh, in the States or wherever you're listening from. Uh, but, uh, but a couple, uh, laughs to get things going here. Um, but we're going to get things going in quarter one and I said it was going to be NFL, but it's going to be dominated by Tom Brady. Um, I know that, uh, you know, if you're a diehard listener and, and maybe you don't know, I don't, you know, I'm not as vocal about it as I was in the past, but you know, Tom Brady was, you know, really the, you know, the driving factor outside of my father the, to play football, um, to get involved with the game of football. You know, some of my earliest memories uh, from the NFL are, are Tom Brady, and he's really been a polarizing figure in the NFL just due to his dominance, really. Obviously, there's a few cheating scandals in there. Um, but, I mean, it's just he's just had such a phenomenal career, and obviously he announced his retirement for good uh, on the 1st of February from the beach. It was, a, it was an emotional um, kind of retirement. But, I mean, let's just look at this career. It's just it's unbelievable. In 1999, drafted sixth round, 199th overall to the New England Patriots. He goes up to the owner, Robert Kraft, and says, this is the best decision that the organization's ever made. And it turns out it was. But you think about it, 1999. I mean, you know, how old were you when you were when it was 1999 when he was drafted? It's, it's just so amazing how long his career was. 2001, in his second NFL season, obviously he sat behind Drew Bledsoe in his first season. He gets the call, Drew Bledsoe gets injured. And he goes on and he beats the greatest show on uh, the, the 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 team, the St. Louis Rams, who were, who were nicknamed the greatest show on turf, um, twenty to seventeen, and and uh, really, you know, obviously in your second your second season, the first action of your NFL career to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it turns some heads, and and uh, uh, obviously, you know, the second season, you know, they don't see the success, but then in his third and fourth season, they go on to win the Super Bowl again. He wins three Super Bowls in his first four seasons in the NFL. In 2003, he won against Carolina, uh, 32 to 29, and then beats Philly uh, in 2004. So he's won three Super Bowls. Think about that. He's won more Super Bowls in his first four seasons than Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers did in their entire career. It's just it's it, it's truly phenomenal, and I think we take it for granted at times. You know how the sustained greatness and how, and how long he was great for. And yeah, I get it. The Patriots are super well coached, and they had phenomenal defenses through those years. But that era of Tom Brady, I don't I don't relate to as much. And I think that I can speak to a lot of people that are in their twenties and maybe late teens, and that are huge NFL fans. We don't really relate to those Super Bowls very much. Obviously, we're well aware of them, and we know that they happened. And obviously, you know, in the in the AFC Championship game against Oakland, with with um, you know the the uh, talk rule and, and and everything that goes along with those Super Bowls, we're, we're, we're you know 
were submersed in, but we didn't experience. And and maybe you know I don't know I don't I don't know what the the you know how the media was reacting and how everybody was reacting to Tom Brady in the early two thousands. But when I first kind of was a massive diehard was in 2007. These are my, these are, this is when I remember watching the Super Bowl. I remember this undefeated run. And so, so obviously the three Super Bowls in the first four seasons, incredible. And then in 2007, the team goes undefeated. Randy Moss breaks the single season touchdown record. At the time, Tom Brady breaks the touchdown record, the passing touchdown record, and they go undefeated to the Super Bowl. And obviously we all know that they lose to the Giants in 2007, Eli Manning to David Tyree with the miracle catch. Um, but that's when I personally started to kind of really fall in love with Tom Brady uh, and the Patriots. And um, I think, so I was grade seven uh, at that time. Um, but that's when, that's when I, I, you know, really started to follow Tom. So, um, and then, you know, obviously the next year, I remember crying during this game. Um, they, uh, in week one of 2080 tears his ACL and misses the entire year. Matt Castle takes over. Um, in 2011, they go back to the Super Bowl. So he's been to six Super Bowls in his first decade of the of of playing, um, or should I should say five? And uh, and they lose with the Giants again. Mario Manningham down the sideline, and uh, and you think, oh my goodness, you know, now he's three and two in Super Bowls, and and you know what uh, what does this mean in terms of his overall greatness? And and uh, you know, it's it, I remember that 2000 game like it was 2011 game like it was yesterday. And I, I this is a good time to bring it up. I mean, Eli Manning. I mean, he is the kryptonite of Tom Brady, and that that right there will be something that he'll be able to hang his hat on for the rest of his life. I mean, to lose to the Giants twice in the Super Bowl, that is tough, tough, tough. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, he the accolades that Tom Brady, you know, is compiling during dur- during these Super Bowl runs and and during these great seasons is just is just remarkable. And then everybody can remember in 2014, you know, it looks like he's going to go three and three. The Seattle Seahawks they're down 28 to 14 and they're on the two yard line or the one yard line, and they decide to throw a slant pattern, which Malcolm Butler picks off. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady gets his fourth in 2014. Things are kind of things are leaning towards the goat conversation at this point. I mean, he's now tied Joe Montana for the most Super Bowls ever won, and and uh, I think that that's when people kind of that's when he entered the goat conversation. I think was uh, in 2014, uh, and then in 2016, 20, the 2016 2017 season. I think this is my favorite. This is my this is my peak. I think of loving Tom Brady. Um, was was the year he got suspended. So obviously the year prior to this, uh, they stomped the Colts um, in in the I think it was the divisional round, uh, like forty five to seven, and then there was the Deflate Gate. Um, you know they were saying that uh, you know Brady was using deflated balls against um, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, um, and then he was suspended for four games at the beginning of the 2016-2017 season. Um, and a lot of uh, you know, it's just a storyline that goes. Um, you know, under the radar, or not a lot, not a lot of people were accustomed to hearing, was that Brady's mom was dealing with cancer that entire year. So he's he's been suspended for four games. Obviously, he's pissed. He can't be around the team. I think he went to Costa Rica with Giselle, or Brazil with Giselle, um, was training down there. Um, but his mother was battling cancer, and um, you know, his mother and father had been you know avid avid fans of following Tom and watching him play. Um, but yeah, so so Tom Brady's mom's dealing with cancer. He's been suspended four games, and we all know how he came back. He storms back. They make it to the Super Bowl uh, against Atlanta, and they're down twenty-eight to three late in the third quarter. Um, and you know, I didn't know this pregame, but this was the first game 
that Tom Brady's mom was able to physically make it to. So she was in the crowd, you know, he kept, he kept leading. Like that was one thing I remember watching this game thinking like, they're not out of it. Like obviously there, everything had to go right in that third quarter, but Julian Edelman, everyone was so positive. Everybody on that team knew that Brady was playing with such a heavy heart and that his mom had finally been there uh, for the first time that season. And obviously we know they came back and won that game in overtime. James White punches in the touchdown to win. And that's when it's kind of like it's undisputed. I mean, you're down 28 to three. All of the comebacks that he had, you know, accumulated through his career, all the game-winning drives, and to come back from 28 to three, the next season to go back to the Super Bowl, but ended up losing to to um, Nick Foles and, and Dougie P. And and for all football fans outside of New England and outside of of Tom Brady fans are just rattled. I mean, this guy is just reaming Super Bowl appearances. It's unbelievable, dominating the AFC. Uh, in 2019, they go on and beat the Rams 13-3 to to win his sixth Super Bowl. And then obviously he leaves New England and goes to Tampa Bay and wins the Super Bowl for his for the first year he's in with that organization. They beat the Chiefs 31-9. It's so incredible. Seven Super Bowls, ten Super Bowl appearances. I'm not sure any of those records will ever be beaten. It's, it's, it's just, it's, you know, I had to devote this time to Tom Brady because... I mean, it is, it's just such an incredible, incredible feat career. And I mean, he's on the Mount Rushmore of, all, of athletes all time. The greatness. I'm not sure that seven Super Bowls is even realistic for anyone ever to touch again. I don't know if anybody will ever be able to dominate the league. I mean, you, you might be able to think Patrick Mahomes can get to like five, six, but I don't know. Like longe- the longevity of Tom Brady's career is so impressive. Five-time Super Bowl MVP. Three-time most valuable player of the NFL, two-time offensive player of the year, and NFL comeback player of the year in 2009 when he came off that ACL t- uh, tear, 15-time Pro Bowler, like most career quarterback wins, most career passing attempts, most career passing completions, most career passing touchdowns, most career passing yards. I mean, there's not really a statistic that a quarterback looks to have that you know he uh, he hasn't broken. It's really incredible. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, a career touchdown to interception ratio of 649 touchdowns to 212 interceptions, a career passing rating of, of 97.2 Tom Brady, man, like you've just been such a pleasure to watch. Um, and I know for all the people that hate him, like I, I, I get, you can, you can hate him and you can say that he's been a system quarterback and you say that, you know, he wasn't the greatest quarterback, but you have to understand that the quarterback position demands a lot more than just, you know, looking, you know, mechanically sound or, 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 you know, athletically gifted. There's so many, the the brain, the, 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 the cerebral aspect of being a quarterback is massive as well. And his work ethic and, you know, what a testament to a guy who was drafted in the sixth round, 199th overall, and to be a seven Super Bowl, seven time Super Bowl champion, been to the big game 10 times. That, it, it, this, the stats and the accolades are just they're they're just off the charts and yeah I think uh you know that's that's enough talk about Tom Brady and I know you know for a, a lot of you that will probably be sickening but we really have to uh, you know acknowledge how great Tom Brady was but the NFL keeps moving on and that's the beauty of the NFL we look and and there's content creators and there's great quarterbacks across the league that uh, the league will be in great hands moving forward. Uh, just some other news in the NFL before we move into the NBA. Um, Sean Payton has joined the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos 
paid a pretty big compensation to the Saints um, for Sean Payton. So they're all in. They're all in on Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton. And, and for good reason. I mean, you can't give uh, a, a quarter of a billion dollars to a quarterback and then, you know, kind of just you know, quit on him. Yeah. He's, they're all in on, on Russell Wilson. And, and obviously last year was not up to, to standard, but my worry is, is look at that division. Um, you know, we're not sure what the Raiders are going to do a quarterback yet. I mean, it, it seems like that Jimmy Garoppolo might be an option, uh, some familiarity with, with, uh, Josh McDaniels and, and maybe Aaron Rodgers. who knows, uh, but they're looking for a new quarterback. Um, uh, but then you've got Justin Herbert with the chargers and, and, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes with the chiefs. I mean, the Broncos are really going to have to have a strong season. So, We'll see what Sean Payton brings to that roster. Obviously, they, they traded uh, Bradley Chubb this year as well um, off that defense. So, um, And obviously, uh, uh, shoot, uh, the Houston Texans uh, hired, um, oh gosh, his name has escaped me, but uh, defensive coordinator for uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, longtime NFLer. So that's a good hire as well, I think, for, uh, for Houston and... Um, you know, a couple of big hires, but obviously the Super Bowl just around the corner. We'll preview that in both episodes next week. Um, we'll start to lean into what we're looking at the betting charts. Obviously, we'll probably be uh, on the degenerate side of things during the Super Bowl, uh, but we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that in the chalkboard app. Um, but uh, but Tom Brady calls it a career, um, and uh, you know, having a podcast it would have been a disservice not only to me but uh, to to my Boston roots not to go through and reflect on what an amazing career he had and all the accolades he collected. Uh, through his 23-year career in the NFL. All right, folks, moving into the NBA, and, and another GOAT, GOAT discussion is going to be uh, alive and well. We talked about it a few episodes ago, is, is LeBron James. Uh, I, I do want to note, actually, I'm wearing my winter jacket. Uh, I do have the heat on in the studio, uh, but it is freezing. It's going to be minus 40 on Saturday here in Nova Scotia. So anyway, that's just a side note. I do, if you want to check on the YouTube page, I am wearing a winter jacket as I'm recording right now. Uh, but LeBron James is now 89 points away from breaking the all-time scoring record or becoming the all-time scoring uh, leader in the NBA's history uh, behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, that was butchered. Uh, so And he's now fourth all-time in assists. Um, so he's probably going to do that in the next week, you'd have to think. I mean, uh, you know, three 30-point games, and boom, he's now the leader. Um, so he'll probably do that sometime next week. So my question is, what's that celebration going to look like? I mean, we look at the NHL, there's kind of a new age of, like, during their 1,000th point, like, they'll leave the bench and the entire team celebrates. Like, it's all, they're obviously going to stop the game. And, and I mean, I, I'm all eyes will be on LeBron. Um, I think that all of the games from here on out um, are going to be nationally televised, uh, which is nice. Uh, so, I mean, uh, that's going to be a big moment, um, obviously, clearly. Uh, so that's going to be, um, you know, games that I'll be watching and following closely, especially, too, with the NFL winding down and the NHL on their all-star break. I mean, what a great time to just really hone in on the greatness of LeBron. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean... I, I, I've never really, I mean, it's it's very similar to Tom Brady with LeBron. Um, a lot of people kind of don't give him the credit he deserves maybe and maybe aren't acknowledging the totality of the greatness of LeBron and the longevity, most most importantly, of these two athletes. I mean, LeBron is just so incredible. Um, but, uh, but what's he going to do for a celebration? What is that going to look like? I'd say the bench clears. Does he drop to a knee and covers his eyes? Um, I would, you know what I would do if I were LeBron, I would head over and get the baby powder out and stand up on the scorer's desk and just give it a bang. But who knows what that's going to look like? Maybe we'll have some, uh, we'll, we'll have some discussions in the chalkboard app about what, uh, what our predictions look like in terms of LeBron James becoming the all time leader in scoring in the NBA's history and what that celebration might look like. 
Damian Lillard, ladies and gentlemen, is having a monstrous year. And as of late, his last five games scoring have been 42 points, 42 points, 30 points, 60 points, and 37 points. I mean, this guy has been an absolute monster. And it's actually kind of a shame for Damian Lillard because the Portland Trailblazers have never really done enough to surround him with talent. Um, they haven't you know, been all in and, and uh, he's been so vocal too about being a uh, loyal to the franchise and not leaving Portland. But you'd have to think, you know, there's going to, there, is there going to become a point where Damian Lillard goes like, you know, I want to go after it. I want to go after a ring. Um, but Damian Lillard, man, I think that sometimes he goes a little under the radar. Like I think that he's probably a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, his highlights from last night were just absolutely disgusting. Um, but Dame, I find, flies a little under the radar at times uh, just due to the fact that he's playing in Portland. They're not always the strongest team. I know, you know, at, when they had C.J. McCollum, and I guess probably two, three years ago, they were a team that was finishing in the top four in the Western Conference, but they've never really been a big threat uh, to, to win the NBA title. Uh, but I definitely wanted to give Damian Lillard a shout-out because, I mean, the five-game tear that he's on right now is just, it's just so nasty. Uh, it's been incredible to watch. Um, okay, so I wanted to bring up the Toronto Raptors, as I do most episodes when, when I'm in the NBA segment. Um, but there's a lot of rumors circulating right now uh, around Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Fleet, and OG Ananobi. And I think OG Ananobi uh, will bring back the biggest haul if they choose to trade him. Uh, but there was an article written today about uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies both kind of eyeing each other up, sizing each other up, and um, them potentially being in a bidding war. Uh, for OG Ananobi, but uh, Masai Ujiri and the g uh, general manager of the Phoenix Suns were just were saw um, you know discussing some things uh, when the Raptors played the Suns this week. So there's a lot of teams. It looks like out west that are very interested in OG Ananobi, and you know what's that haul going to look like? You know where do people value OG, OG Ananobi? And it, it seems like too, if the it's playing in the Raptors' favor, it could be a seller's market. Um, in, in, in regard to the amount of competition that could be you know, interested in, 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 in trading for OG Ananobi. Um, so it's nine days away. Um, uh, obviously, uh, February 9th, so it's just, I guess seven days away. We're a week away from the NA, uh, NBA trade, or is it the 11th? It's nine days away. I think it's the 11th um, from, from, the, uh, from the NBA trade deadline. So um, there's going to be guys on the move, and I think the Raptors are going to be a lot of content. Uh, there's going to be a lot of content surrounding the Raptors. So I think they hold on to Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, and uh, I could see Fred on the way out, Gary Trent Jr. on the way out, and OG Ananobi on the way out. Them taking a few steps back and getting in the lottery. Uh, Pat Beverly. This is a guy that's growing on me a little bit. It, it's funny, man. It, it, it's crazy the power of Barstool. Um, you know, how how far they've come in the last 20 years. But uh, but there's they've got some serious podcasts on the go. And right now, Pat Beverly has a podcast with Roan um, uh, from Barstool. And he's kind of growing on me, Pat Beverly. Uh, I know at times, like, he he's kind of like a Brad Marchand type figure where he's a very in-your-face, uh, clownish at times uh, with his with his actions on the court. But uh, as, I'm, as I'm starting to see some of his personality off the court, I'm really enjoying him. But he told a great story uh, on the podcast about him uh, attending LeBron James camp when uh, when he was, uh, I guess, first-year college or maybe even in high school, and he was just rinsing Chris Paul. Um, and uh, I think his roommate was Steph Curry at the camp. And uh, but Pat Beverly is a guy that's, that's been growing. I mean, obviously he's uh, he's playing a big role for the for the Los Angeles Lakers, for the Lakers right now. Uh, that's a team too that they're they're going to continue to make some moves. I would imagine. Um, so I was watching the Lakers and, and the New York Knicks this week, and Tom Thibodeau, the coach for the New York Knicks. If you haven't seen him, go look him up. This guy fucking needs to shave his head. Like the that is a guy who is hanging on to his hair for. 
way too long. I mean, he's got massive, like the entire top of his head is bald. And then he's got the patch up front, you know, the balding pattern where there's kind of a circle that he's got that grown out and gelled. And then he's got the back of his hair gelled, like combed over to the front. It's, it's the greasiest hairdo I've ever seen in my life. Tom Davido, dude, this is coming from a guy who's, who's bald and decided to shave his head, shave your head, dude. Like it's just, that's just disgusting. Um, I did want to get that off my chest because that was just so clear. That was just, it was jumping off the, the TV to me. Like, buddy, you're really rocking that, that, uh, that hairdo. Unbelievable. Uh, but just funny in the NBA, the all-star breaks just around the corner. So we'll have the dunk contest. We'll be able to preview everything like that. The starters. And I think they're going to draft what they do in the NBA is they draft. Uh, I think they're going to do that. I think it's team Durant team, team, LeBron, or it's team law, uh, Giannis team LeBron. Um, so they'll draft live. I think it's going to be on, on uh, all-star weekend. Um, so that'll be fun, uh, for the NBA and I'm a big dunk contest, but I like the, the NBA. I'm a, I'd like the NBA and NHL all-star game. I obviously, I, I do believe that there should be a lot of improvements, uh, but I do, I am a guy who, 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 uh, indulges into those. All right, folks, that'll conclude quarter two. We're going to move into quarter three here. And, uh, it's pretty typical as I finished the episode last week, uh, Bo Horvat, uh, captain of the Vancouver Canucks was traded to the New York Islanders, and this news broke hours after I had finished recording. So I did want to talk about that trade. So going to uh, Vancouver is Anthony Bolivier, a prospect and a projected or a protected first-round pick. So what that is is that if the Islanders this year finish in the bottom 14, I do believe, they'll be able to hold on to that pick. Uh, but years after that, after this year, it's unprotected. So say they were to finish third last uh, the year the year after that in 2024, that will be the Vancouver Canucks pick. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a solid trade both ways. Um, obviously, you know, it would have been nice for Bo Horvat to, to stay in Vancouver. He was pretty emotional, but, uh, but the Islanders are, are one of the worst offensive teams in the league. And you bring in a guy who's having a contract year, uh, or a, just a, uh, I shouldn't say like a, a career year in terms of goals. I think he's got 31 already, uh, which ties his, his, uh, his career high, uh, through 50 games. So, uh, you know, Bo Horvat's really going to help the offense there, uh, in, in New York. Is it going to help it enough for them to climb over the teams they need to climb over? to make the playoffs i don't know i'm not overly confident in that uh, but lou Lamorello had to uh, had to make a decision and and uh, he pulled the trigger on bo horvat and uh, obviously this is a month before the trade deadline in the nhl but i think that you know it was getting really noisy in vancouver and um you know i think that uh you know they they found an offer that they liked and lou Lamorello, i've heard through the grapevine that he'll go you know this is our offer if uh if we hear any media outlets or anybody reporting it it's off the table and so Lulu Morello, I think he's pretty cutthroat in terms of the way he negotiates. But yeah, Bo Horvat heading to the island uh, and uh, Anthony Bolivier prospect. I forget his name. Uh, a Ratu, I think, believe, uh, I do believe a bigger guy. And then a, and then a protective first round pick heading back to Vancouver. So they're not going to be finished. I do believe that there'll be some pieces moved out of Vancouver uh, as they continue to rebuild, retool. Uh, interesting. A report came out yesterday uh, in regard to the viewership of the National Hockey League. And uh, and viewership is is down across the United States, and I, I don't think that that comes as much as a surprise. Uh, I think people are consuming their sports uh, non traditionally, and I think that the 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 cable industry and and um, you know the typical broadcast industry has really been disrupted uh, in the last say we'll say five years, um, just due to the fact um, with technology and and uh, access accessibility online to to finding streams and. And um, you know things of this nature, even streaming platforms in general, um, having access to to these sports, 
has really affected the numbers um, in the uh, in the NHL, uh, specifically in terms of uh, the viewership on on uh, on TV. So I don't know if that's extremely alarming, uh, but I did want to talk about just kind of the overall, um, you know, st- I, I guess status of the NHL in regard to you know how it's consumed and how uh, fans uh, might be enjoying their hockey. And I think there's a lot of improvements that the NHL has to make. Uh, one into you know showcasing their their talent and and really you know trying to get them more active on social media and and trying to you know get more um you know content i'll say uh from the nhl i mean we look at the nhl in terms of the the star power across the league and um you know alex ovechkin not very active on social media Connor mcdavid's certainly not active i mean he's one of the drier characters in the league um, you know, it's, it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, the, I, I don't know if it's, you know, by management or if it's just hockey players are built a little bit differently. They don't love the, 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 the limelight and the spotlight. Um, but a guy who is, um, you know, kind of at the top tier of, of content creators and, um, you know, quotability, um, is, is Brad Marchand. He had an interview, uh, last night before the Leafs game and, 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 I mean this, they had a ton of content and he was on Twitter beacon people from the Leafs media. Um, but he, uh, he was tripping Mitch Marner and he said, uh, there was a question proposed by Mark Masters from TSN saying, you know, do you like to chirp anybody in the Leafs? Is there anybody that you like to get into it verbally with? And he said, not really. There's not really anybody in the Leafs that, that likes to, you know, verbally engage with me. Um, he said that Mitch Marner is typically talking about, uh, his dog and video games games and you know, just kind of taking shots left right and center um he also took i think a low-key shot at the the maple leafs by saying that the bruins sustained success has been due to the fact that people are willing to take pay cuts to pay in boston to play in boston and i think that's kind of a shot at the three uh, money makers in toronto but obviously the toronto maple leafs outside of the playoffs have had a lot of success too so it's not a huge shot um, but Brad Marchand definitely took the opportunity yesterday, especially being in Toronto, where the media is 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 definitely the biggest in the NHL to 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 give the media what they were looking for and to give some storylines pregame. Obviously, the Bruins went on to win five two, um, but yeah, and I'm not sure that the NHL they're not doing themselves any favors with the hard cap because it's really restricted some of the big market teams. I mean, we look at Toronto's last five years. Um, they haven't been able to do anything due to the, due to the salary cap. And um, it's really making in-season trades very difficult, making signing guys very difficult. And it's almost, you know, it, it's, it's tough for teams because, you know, if you're going to give people, you know, market value and what they're worth, I mean, you're only able to have, you know, four or five, you know, really solid players per, uh, per team. And uh, for the for the owners that want to spend money, there's a limit to how much they can spend. So uh, it's the hard cap has really made things difficult. And I think the new playoff system too needs to change. Um, like at this, you know, we're at the All Star break, and it, and it seems like we already we already know that the Maple Leafs and and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are going to play each other in the first round, and they're top both two top five teams in the NHL. Like in any other league, that's that's ludicrous. That's absolutely ludicrous that the top two top teams in the Two top five teams in the in the in the in their respective sport would play each other in the first round of the playoffs. So, and I know that they, they I think the narrative behind that uh, that logic was that it would start to build kind of legacy, um, you know, rivalries and and, and and things of that nature. But I mean, it's it's uh, it's it, I, there's a lot of things I think the NHL needs to address. I'm not sure they're going to address it, but I mean, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough right now for hockey, um, and I think that the uh, they should go back to the one through eight uh, methodology because then you get playoff races that go down to really the end. I mean, uh, outside of like kind of like the first two spots, there could be a race for first, but I'm not sure there will be this year. But uh, but those the the bunches of the middle in terms of you know home seeds and who you're playing, I mean, it just becomes a huge jockeying race, and that's so fun to follow. Um, but you know, like I said, with, with Toronto and, and Montreal having like a 90% chance of playing each other in the first round with, you know, 30 plus games left. I don't know if that's good for the NHL. Uh, so it's, we, it's all-star weekend this week in the NHL and that will happen in Florida. I talked a little bit about it last episode, uh, really excited about it. Um, but interesting to note here, Seattle, um, is, uh, is not going to have a representative, uh, from their team. Um, and there was a big uproar about this, uh, but I think that, they obviously would have reached out to, uh, it was Matty Beneers who was going to be their all-star, uh, tremendous rookie for the Seattle Kraken, but he uh, he was injured. Um, so I think they probably tried to replace somebody from the Seattle Kraken, but let's face it, um, you know, if you have plans, which, you know, every single NHL player outside of um, the people attending and the all-stars going to the game and con- and, and um, contributing to the events and, and uh, participating, they go down south. They enjoy themselves. They have vacation. They go to beaches and they go to maybe visit their family. I mean, they, they all have plans. And these plans have been made, um, you know, well in advance, especially too, if you if you know you're not going to be an all-star, you're, you're booking a plane ticket and you're heading down to have some vacation on a beach. I mean, most of these players have uh, seven plus days off. Um, so, um yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate that the Kraken won't be represented, but I don't think it's 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 uh, I don't think it was the NHL like the NHL had a player representative from every team. It's just Matty Brunier's got injured, and then I don't think anybody accepted to the play from Seattle due to the fact that they're probably heading down south and didn't want to go. Um, but yeah, so Friday night we'll have uh, I should say tonight we'll have the NHL skills competition, uh, the fastest skater, hardest shot, accuracy shooting, accuracy shooting, breakaway challenge, and then there'll be a few events on the beach and the golf course. Um, but I'm really excited for it. Uh, I love the NHL um, skills competition. I don't uh, per se lo- I don't I don't really have an attraction to the game anymore. Uh, but I am really attracted to the uh, to the uh, skills competition. I love watching the hardest shot and uh, the fastest skater. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the record gets broken this year uh, for hardest shot. I, I don't know who's it. I don't know who's in it, but I think the te- technology of sticks has advanced enough that someone is going to absolutely rip one um, and break Chara's record. I think it's like 107. Maybe it's 111. Who knows? But uh, that might be a really hot take, but I'm going to say it gets broken. Um, the accuracy shooting is, is fun to watch as well, and some can see if somebody can go four for four. And uh, the breakaway challenge, I guess Robert, Roberto Luongo is going to suit up. Um, so that'll be exciting. The NHL All-Star Game this weekend, um, they are on break until next Wednesday, so the, the content will start to slow down. And then once they start things back up, we're a few weeks away from trade deadline, um, and uh, the playoffs are just kind of a month and a half around the corner. So so things are about to heat up in a big way in the NHL. Uh, like I said, NHL All-Star Game this weekend. Really excited about it. All right, folks, quarter four to bring things home. We'll talk about the PGA Tour. Obviously, there's a big UFC fight this weekend. Um uh, gosh, what's his name? Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, will be fighting in a heavyweight bout. Uh, I'm more looking forward to next week. We've got uh, Volkanovski taking on Islam. Um, so that'll be kind of the UFC content. We'll follow uh, along with, with the matchups. But next week will be the big fight in Perth. Um, yeah, the PJ Toro, obviously Max Homa won last week um, at the American Express. Um, no, sorry, not at the American Express, at the Farmers Insurance uh, at Torrey Pines. It was his fourth win, his sixth win all time on the PGA Tour. 
Um, and on Monday, he goes to a Skins game at a Muni course in Arizona and wins. So he's really feeling good about his game. Um, I like Max Homa. He's great for the game. Obviously, if you don't follow Max Homa on Twitter, if you're unfamiliar with him, go check him out. He's hilarious. He's done a great job. I I, I, I assume that Max will get paid out in the pip. If he didn't this year, he will certainly uh, moving forward. Uh, but this week, it's the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and it's another um, three tournament or three course tournament. So it's, they play three days uh, with amateurs. Uh, so there's obviously tons of celebrities that play. Josh Allen's missing the Pro Bowl in the NFL to play in this event. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be there. Bill Murray. I mean, there's a, lot, there's a long list of celebrities that that partake. Uh, Jake Owen, country singer, uh, that partake in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. But they obviously play with the pros who are playing a tournament. But they play three different courses before the cut on Saturday night. They'll play Pebble Beach, Spyglass Hill, and the Monterey Peninsula. Uh, I was vocal last week. I like Maverick McNeely. He's my one-and-done pick. Um, I could have taken Jordan Spieth. I do like Jordan Spieth. Um, Matty Fitzpatrick probably should have been my pick. Um, I do like Fitzpatrick, and I'm not sure where he'll use him later on down the road. Um, uh, not at the open, but uh, but uh, I did want to save Jordan Spieth and Victor Hovland. Uh, the field's very weak. I've been, uh, you know, I, I talked about that a little bit last episode, but we'll be following along. Uh, but the biggest news is next week is the Waste Management Open. It's an elevated event. Obviously, people who are very familiar with TPC Scottsdale on the 16th hole, where it's a stadium, par three, they rain beers down when there's a hole in one, and all of the big guns are playing, all of the top. Guns on the PGA Tour committed. It's an elevated event. It'll be a $20 million purse. Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley. I mean, you name them, they'll be there. Um, so that'll be super exciting as well. We'll continue to follow PGA Tour. Listen, everybody, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you're on all the social media accounts. Make sure uh, you're liking and sharing all the TikToks. You're you're liking and sharing the Instagram pages. Uh, you're checking in on the YouTube channel every once in a while. You're on the Twitter page as well. Hopefully, you guys are following across all platforms. Um, but, uh, but listen, everybody enjoy your weekends. I'll be back on Tuesday. I've been saying that I'll be bringing on a guest. Maybe we'll have them for Tuesday. Maybe not, but listen, guys, I appreciate y'all have a great weekend.